The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. This month, Irish school children will be heading back to the classrooms. Along with lessons, a lot of them will get frequent beatings from their teachers. And if it's like past years, many of the beatings will be severe. And at least a few of them, brutal. Mary and Paddy Randalls welcomed NBC America into their home shortly after Norman's story was published in the News of the World. The Randalls gathered 20 children from around the country who were willing to go on record. Last time I was hit with a cane was just last Friday because I didn't know my Irish. And then he came from again and he fell down. He hit me on the head first and I fell down and then he shot me. The teachers hit us for not knowing our lessons. Have you ever been in a classroom in school where slapping was not done? No. There is no corporal punishment in Irish schools. The problem is exaggerated beyond doubt. At the outset, I would like to say that I don't believe that there is a lot of corporal punishment in schools from the evidence I have at my disposal. Even the, the way he was asking the children, were you beaten at school today? Everyone answered yes, and every teacher answered no. If a priest or a brother does anything that is wrong, that the, the people are too afraid, they sort of dominated by the priests. That's my opinion. Now that's an excerpt from the documentary Pray for Our Sinners which takes on the legacy of the churches and states power in Ireland. I'm joined in studio by its creator Irish filmmaker and journalist Sinead O'Shea. Sinead, good morning. Hello, good morning to you. Now it's a fascinating documentary uh, and all the more fascinating because this is about your hometown. Yes, very fascinating for <laughs> it's fascinating and a little bit unnerving as well. Yeah, because uh, this stuff uh, had been going on and the heroes of the piece, two doctors, Dr. Mary Randalls and her late husband, Dr. Patrick Randalls, uh, they stood up to the kind of stuff that ordinary people were afraid to speak out about. Exactly. So they helped unmarried women escape from mother and baby homes. They helped fight against corporal punishment. They also brought contraception to to Navin, they set up the first family planning clinic outside of Dublin. So they did an awful lot. Now, the way your film is structured, we are introduced to various characters. Uh, We were talking there or hearing there from that NBC uh, documentary on the children of Ireland uh, about children being beaten. And one of the first people we meet is Norman. Tell me about Norman. So Norman was a little nine-year-old boy who had broken his arm and he came into Dr. Paddy Rannell's surgery with his mother and his mother wanted Paddy to write a note to Norman's teacher to ask Norman's teacher to stop beating him on the broken arm and to beat him on the good arm. So when he was bold, and we'll talk about what, uh, what reason he might be uh, beaten for, uh, it, the parents accepted that children were routinely beaten in schools, but please don't beat him on the broken arm, yeah. beat him on the, the other arm. Yeah, so Paddy... I mean, maybe another doctor might have accepted that, but he had spent a few years um, in a practice in England and he had noticed how English children presented themselves differently to Irish children. And at first he thought they were a bit annoying, I think. Precocious. Precocious, he said. You know, they spoke up for themselves. And, you know, these children are intolerable. (laughs) And then he had a a, a realisation. Realisation that actually it's quite normal to express what's wrong with you. 
So he went to the headmaster of this school and he said, do you know that there's a teacher in your school who's beating a nine-year-old boy with a broken arm on that arm? And the headmaster said, well, would you like to see what I beat the children with? And he pulled out this kind of leather strap and he had had metal, pieces of metal inserted into the strap to have more impact. So obviously he wasn't feeling too ashamed of what was happening in the school. Now, Norman was being beaten on his broken arm, his right arm, because he was handwriting with his, his left. left. Yeah, and so left-handedness at the time was associated with the devil. <laughs> so anyway, Paddy said, OK, right, clearly the headmaster isn't interested in this. So he went to various Irish media outlets and nobody thought that was a very significant story. He and some like-minded doctors, including Dr. Cyril Daly, who sadly passed away, but was a great advocate too, went to England to the News of the World, who were kind of only too delighted to talk about Irish brutality, um, which was a bit problematic too. Anyway, they ran a brilliant story about it and they profiled lots of young children from Navan who were willing to go on record. Um, That instalment came into the shops on a Sunday in Navan and didn't go down well. Um, Half the patients left the Randall's practice, their tyres were slashed, they got anonymous calls telling them to get out of NAV and they didn't need communists. And so it was all getting quite serious. Um, Norman and his mother were summoned to the parochial house during the week and told to get that story stopped in the news of the world. And Norman's mother, in in, like an incredible move, said, no, let them publish and be damned. Yeah. Now, the second edition, which was going to happen the following week in the News of the World. Never made it to Navin. (laughs) Never made it to Navin. Yeah. The newspaper van was hijacked. I can never kind of say it enough and still not find it amazing. Um, It was hijacked by priests just outside Navin and the newspapers were taken out and thrown into the river. An extraordinary time. Uh, Now, uh, one of the villains of the piece, I suppose, is someone who was much admired and is still celebrated in the hallway of the Credit Union is Father Andrew Farrell. Tell me about him. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a funny character because I suppose when I started out with the film, I kept hearing about him. You know, he had driven women to the mother and baby home. But at the same time, his supporters would say, well, he was a very caring and kind person. You know, he helped um, set up the credit union, which at the time was sorely needed in Navan sure. you know, in the 1980s, a very tough time economically. Um, so he was kind of a mixture of things. But then I suppose I just had quite a dim view of him and his supporters kept saying, you need to see a video of him and you'll see the real him when you see this video. And so eventually I did. And I I have to say, I think he's an interesting character because I think he represents something in Irish priests that maybe we don't always see in, you know, shocking news reports, but actually he's quite typical. You know, he's someone who's clever and charismatic, but also does terrible things. So, you know, they're not kind of these terrible, horrifying. From his perspective, uh, when he's dealing with uh, unmarried mothers and uh, you interview Betty Mm -hmm. uh, and her story about being uh, taken off by the priest to Sean Ross Abbey, a couple of hours away in Tipperary, Um, you know, he might have seen that as some sort of act of kindness in a perverted way, it's given the view of, uh, um, of yeah, the time. Yeah, there was a review of the film in The Guardian yesterday and that was how the reviewer interpreted it too. But Dr. Mary texted me saying, no, he would never have... He, that wasn't how he was approaching it. To be honest, I don't know what his thoughts were. I do know that he wrote a, a kind of memoir, um, which I read, and he 
very much distanced himself from the mother and baby homes issue. He said someone else had looked after that in Navin, which was a lie. So that would suggest some sense of yeah, shame Because Betty did uh, travel with him in yes, the car to Sean Ross Abbey. she very much knows that. Uh, some of the footage that you have, uh, you have of Sean Ross Abbey, I mean, it is quite astonishing. We have a dormitory full of cots of yeah. the babies of unmarried mothers. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's I mean, a it was like a, almost a distribution centre for children <laughs> yeah, for adoption. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's just extraordinary. And there's still, you know, hundreds of babies unaccounted for within Shanross Abbey itself. Um, and, you know, it's the same all over Ireland. It's believed that maybe up to 20,000 babies were illegally adopted. You know, in Betty's case, she says she didn't give permission for her baby to be adopted and suddenly she was told to go to the hairdresser and get ready to go to Houston Station and hand over her baby for adoption. So I think it was happening everywhere until very recently. Now, with uh, the doctors, Randalls, um, how did they fare then in the wake of all of this resistance? Yeah, so... I mean, Mary, she's an extremely stoic person. So even now she insists, well, she never lost a night's sleep over any of it. I I personally would find it hard enough to have anonymous calls and my tyres slashed. Um, their children were sent to school outside of Navan because I think they were scared of there being some kind of backlash in the schools because the schools were run by the religious authorities, as they are still, really. So I... I don't know. It's kind of a mixture. They were very, very committed to the work they were doing and I think they found it incredibly interesting and stimulating. So they would say it was fine, but I definitely think they were very brave. It's it's very easy to sort of stand up against things now when all these things are more accepted. But back then the stakes were very high. Yeah. Um, we've had obviously a lot of reform, a lot of exposure of the activities of uh, the Catholic Church at the time. But when I ever think about, say, the 1970s, I'm thinking, you know, we've had the Beatles. The Beatles <laughs> have disbanded and gone their separate ways. We've had flower power. We've had all of this international kind of student rebellion in the 68 in France and all the rest of it. And yet Ireland is like this. So when did we manage to transition out of that? Yeah, I mean, you could argue it was quite recently because I went to school in the 1980s and 1990s and I remember corporal punishment and I remember families of 14 children and I remember contraception being impossible to attain. So that's not that long ago. Um, I think things have evolved. I mean, certainly there have been improvements, but you could argue it's been very rapid change, but really only in the last decade. Okay, now the film is fascinating. Um, where can it be seen? Uh, it can be seen in 17 cinemas across Ireland, um, including Galway, Tullamore, Dundalk, Kilkenny, Mayo, Belfast, Cork. I'm sure I'm forgetting If people something. want to access the info directly, where will they yeah, find have it? Have a look at the Breakout website. Um, I'm doing a Q&A this evening with the director of Uncalling Coon, um, Colin Barade in the IFI, and another one tomorrow with Dr. Mary herself in the Lighthouse, and then one in Galway and Belfast. Okay, but uh, the Breakout website is where you'll find details yeah, of all the showings. Yeah, and you can also buy tickets. Of, very good. Thank you very much for joining us. That's Sinead O'Shea, who is the author, as in documentary terms, of Pray for Our Sinners. Thank you very much for joining us in studio. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.